0: I'm a veterinarian, sure, but I'm way more than that. I am also a tango dancer, a struggling but determined pie maker, and a mom. With IndieVets, I get to choose when and where I work. I create my own schedule and choose shifts at nearby animal hospitals that are right for me. Having that flexibility is exactly what I need to have plenty of time for all those other things that I am. Because I'm more than just a vet. Visit IndieVets.com to learn more and apply.
1: You're listening to the X Zone Radio Show live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network. Visit us online at www.xzone-radio.com. Your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is toll free throughout the US, Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My email address, exonatalkstarradio.com on MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at hotmail.com, and our websites, www.xzoneradio.com and xzonetv.com. My guest this hour is Bishop James Long. He studied for the Roman Catholic priesthood for more than six years. During his years in the seminary, Bishop Long received solid academic and spiritual formation. Through through prayer and spiritual advisement, Bishop Long accepted God's call to become an independent Catholic priest. He was ordained a deacon, priest, and was consecrated a bishop with the old Catholic Church. Bishop Long has always known that he had a calling to serve in the priesthood. He can remember a burning desire to become a priest when he was just five years old, and that desire has never left him. Now, by the age of nine, Bishop Long was also called to study demonology and began absorbing anything he could get his hands on pertaining to demonology. While attending the seminary, the bishop was able to study the subject in more depth and was mentored by a properly ordained and experienced exorcist. Bishop Long is the author of the book called through the eyes of an exorcist. He's also the founder of the Paranormal Clergy Institute. The institute was specifically created for paranormal groups to help find when dealing with demonic entities. The bishop has performed over 23 documented exorcisms, and his desire to teach people about demonology continues as his ministry grows. Currently, the bishop serves as the presiding archbishop for the United States Old Catholic Church, where he teaches demonology classes and hosts a weekly radio show on Para-X Radio Network called The Sacred Division. Bishop Long, welcome to the X-Zone. How are you, Bishop?
3: I'm fantastic. Thank you for the introduction. I
1: appreciate that. It's great having you with us tonight. Um, When you received your calling into the priesthood, did you ever imagine, at that young age of five years old, that you would be facing evil on such a one-to-one basis?
3: Uh, No, actually, you know, when... Uh, I like, I, like I was. I absolutely knew that even at age five. I mean, I, I knew that I wanted to be a priest. Mm-hmm. I, I remember being in kindergarten, and we were in school, and it was a Catholic school, and we were at church. and um, And I went home, and the, my mom asked me what we did for school, and I I told her, and you know that, that we were talking about career day, and she said, well, "What did you tell the, the the teacher?" And I said, "I pointed at the priest, and I said, I want to do what he does." So even at a very early age, I knew that I wanted to be a priest. Now, I didn't understand that Mm -hmm. at that time. I just knew that that's that's really what I wanted to do.
1: Bishop, you and I have to take a commercial break. We'll be back in two minutes. And ExoNation, if you'd like to give us a call and ask the bishop questions pertaining to exorcism, please. Lines are open at 1-877-528-8255. That is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. At one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. Still to come on tonight's show, J. Allen Danilik will be joining me in hour number three. We're going to be talking about UFOs and aliens. And in the final hour of tonight's show, Sue Storm, the angel lady, will be doing angel readings for everyone here in the XO Nation while she's on for the final hour of tonight's show. Once again, our toll-free number is... 18775288255 Bishop Long is our special guest his website is www.paranormalclergy.com that's www.paranormalclergy.com and I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the bishop as the Exxon continues live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton Ontario Canada Long is our special guest of this hour, ExoNation. And, Bishop, can you tell us the difference between the Old Catholic Church and the Roman Catholic Church?
3: Oh, sure. Yeah, the, 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 the Old Catholic Church branched from the Roman Catholic Church um, officially in the 1890s, but the process began in the 1870s over papal infallibility. So there, there was just a belief that, um, that cardinals and even bishops at the time in the Roman Catholic Church didn't see the Pope as infallible. And so there was a split amongst other issues as well. Now, the Old Catholic Church is different in that each jurisdiction is is independent. So uh, each bishop has their own uh, jurisdiction. And you you have some extreme conservative Old Catholics and you have extreme liberal Old Catholics. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so with the United States Old Catholic Church, we're different in that um, our ministry is primarily um, funded by priests who have secular positions. And we allow priests that get married. Uh, our priests can, um, uh, of course, they have secular positions as well. Uh, they can be partnered. We, we're just a very inclusive church community. We ordain women as well.
1: Can you explain a little bit more about your calling to the priesthood, as well as your calling to the demonology field?
3: Well, the calling to the priesthood, as you know, I stated, started when I was five. Mm-hmm. I, I, there was no question in my mind I wanted to be a priest. I mean, there there's when I grew up, I had no interest in any other field besides the priesthood. So I knew at a very early age that that's what I wanted to do, and that desire has never fizzled. It's the only thing, it's increased. Now, as far as the demonology field, um, I, it wasn't enough for me. Even at, I remember at age eight, it wasn't enough to have that calling for the priesthood. I also felt that I needed to know the opposite. And I felt like that was a calling, and I think this is very important. When I talk about demonology, demonology is a calling. It is a ministry. It's something that one does because they're called to that ministry. And I feel that uh, that I was called to serve as a demonologist, and then, of course, as my role as an exorcist with the United States Old Catholic Church.
1: What was it like the first time you faced
3: a demon? Um, you know, it was... I'll, It was frightening, and I I think probably the the worst, the worst case situation was was a diabolical possession. Um, You you truly, the best way to describe it is uh, every fear, every anxiety, um, every feeling of loneliness, depression, um, almost can just sometimes can overwhelm you. Uh, That's a state of oppression, and it's it's quite powerful. And so you always have to respect uh, the dangers that come with, with possession. And that's why I always teach people about demonology, because so many people want to be demonologists and exorcists. And I just inform them that you, you have to respect the dangers um, that, that, that come with this, the territory.
1: What would some of the dangers be, sir?
3: Possession. Um, But but even a possession of the exorcist, or or those people who are actually praying with the exorcist assisting. But even more so than that um, is the death of the person who is possessed. The ultimate goal for any person who is possessed, the the demonic wants to destroy the intellect and the will. And it continues to destroy the intellect and the will of not only the person possessed, but also...
1: White Castle presents CEO Lisa Ingram.
2: My great-grandfather opened White Castle in 1921
3: of all family members surrounding that the loved one so it isolates that person to the point where the person is hearing voices the person no is clearly seeing things uh and it destroys, it, it attacks them on a psychological seco, sexual spiritual um uh, in, in many different physical uh, ways and to the point where it it destroys the intellect and will that's of course when you have possession the ultimate goal is for the person to commit suicide now uh, from a theological point of view i don 't believe that people who commit suicide go to hell. I, I firmly reject that doctrine only because a person who commits suicide is not in the right state of mind mm-hmm. and i don 't think an all loving God would condemn one of his children to hell because they they acted out uh, in a way in which they weren 't in capacity you know, full capacity and that 's really important for me to tell people that because i 've had people come to me and cry, and somebody just they, they wish they had some minister tell them that they believe that their loved one is in heaven, even if they committed suicide. And I, and I firmly believe that they, that they are.
1: When you're dealing with a, uh, an exorcism, is it like we see on TV where there's this cold uh, air, that, that there's a stench in the air, and uh, that uh, there is levitation, as well as a strange uh, uh, you know, disfiguration of the person who is possessed?
3: Yes, the things that you mentioned, absolutely. Now, levitation doesn't always occur. When you mention foul odors, that is a state of oppression. There are three stages of possession, infestation, oppression, possession. Within those stages, you also have elements. You have levels of infestation, levels of oppression, and levels of possession. And so um, the the foul foul stench you're talking about is an odor that is so repulsive that it, it just... Again, it, it continues to destroy the intellect and will. Um, yes, the, the, the disfiguration of the person, of the body, does occur. Mm-hmm. Uh, the speaking of dead languages does occur. Not only that, but the demonic will actually know whatever sins that you've committed. And so that's why it's very important, very important that an exorcist and all those people surrounding or assisting the exorcist must go through confession. Because if not, then your deepest, darkest secret, the, the thing that you want no one to know, uh... the demonic will actually let people know uh, only for for the reason of, of stopping the exorcism so th- those things can occur along um, with uh, with other action, uh, acts as well
1: how would one become possessed
3: and for many reasons uh, one could be dabbling in black magic black art i think it's important for that people know from my personal philosophical theological explanation i have great friends who are witches I have great friends who are pagans who are atheists, and I love them dearly. And um, people who practice black magic, black art, curses, santeria, uh, those uh, folks are absolutely opening the door to possibly having attachments and therefore infestation oppression, of course, and possession. So there are ways of, if you're practicing black art, black magic, doing curses, uh, Ouija boards, uh, again, I I tell people stay away from the Ouija boards. Only because not, the Ouija board in of itself is nothing magical, but the problem is there's no filter. You can't filter out the good from the evil, mm-hmm. and so therefore you could be communicating with someone you think is a deceased loved one when in fact you're creating you're speaking to a demonic. So by opening yourself up, you can in fact receive attachments and possession.
1: Where do these demons reside, uh, Bishop?
3: reside actually in the present a different level is a different realm of existence than what we know it's a spiritual realm and i think that's what people need to understand when a demonic attaches themselves to you people always think of a physical battle and it's really not the consequences of that possession is physical In other words, um, and I I can't go into great detail because uh, obviously there are some things that that shouldn't be discussed, but when a demonic attacks you on a physical level, the scars, etc., there are, you you clearly, there's a difference between self-inflicted scars and one that actually has been committed by a demonic versus, or even an incubus and succubus. An incubus and succubus, when they attack their victim, they're manipulating the body. They're manipulating the muscles. So they they exist, obviously, in a different level, a different reality in which we do. Um, When we pass away, I believe, we will then be on that same level, or that same playing field, if you want want to call that. But um, they certainly reside around us. They're fully aware that we are present. Uh, Many people are not fully aware that they are.
1: How long does the normal exorcism, uh, an average exorcism, take?
3: that's a great question, and honestly, um, you... you... <laughs> It could be hours, it could be days, it could be months. Uh, it really just depends on the particular case. When you're dealing with a diabolical possession, that's different than a demonic. When you have a demonic possession, you're usually talking about one demonic entity that has attached themselves to that person and possession then occurs. When you're dealing with diabolical, you're dealing with multiple. When you have multiple possession, that's when, obviously, we're getting to the extreme level of exorcism, the solemn ritual. The solemn ritual is performed even on a demonic or Diabolical. When you're dealing with a diabolical, the main concern is for the person not, um, not obviously hurting themselves. And that's very, very important because that's usually uh, one of the first very serious issues is the person will attack themselves. Or, or actually the demonic is, is controlling their body. It's important to note that when a person is possessed, the number one reason for, for death is malnutrition dehydration. And because the demonic will not allow the person to consume any food, any water. And if you do, even a little drop would, would cause them to become violently ill. So you have to be, you have to be careful about uh, how you approach that.
1: How do you prepare yourself for an exorcism if they can be so strenuous and so long and so so physically and mentally, mentally challenging?
3: That's a great question. And, and, of course, there's fasting. There's prayer. Mm-hmm. There's spending time in, in what, what, what Catholics call Eucharistic adoration, spending time with the Eucharist. Um, and just remembering the, to, to... It's very important. One of the most important things, I think, as an exorcist, is it's very important to remember to, to check the ego. When I was working in, in an incubus case, that's a demonic entity that attacks its, its, um, it, it's the person on a, on a, on a sexual level. I got very furious, because I worked with this woman, and she was a 68-year-old woman. She, 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 she reminded me of your grandmother. She was the sweetest woman I've ever met in my life, and it kept attacking her. And it points to the, when I got involved with the case, she was on she was on life support. And I, I did the exorcisms. I got furious, and she was getting better, but not to the point that I thought she would. And I got so angry. I went to my mentor. I said, look, I am doing this. I am doing that. And my mentor said, stop. You're doing Nothing. You are an instrument in which God is using. And I think that's the number one thing that exorcists should remember, is always remember to check the ego, and to you you have to be very respectful of the ritual.
1: Bishop, please stand by. We have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Bishop James Long is our special guest, ExoNation. And if you'd like to uh, find out more about the bishop, his website is www.paranormalclergy.com. That's www.paranormalclergy.com. Bishop James Lung and I will be back on the other side of the news. As the exone continues, live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network. Still to come on tonight's show, Jeff Danlick and I will be discussing UFOs. And in the final hour of tonight's show... The Angel Lady will be doing angel readings for one and all who give a call to 1877-528-8255. My name is Rob McConnell and this is the Exxon, and we're live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada.
2: Choosing someone to help guide you through deep financial waters is an important as well as very personal decision. Let me tell you good news. You have a friend in the loan business who is sincerely anxious to help you when you need it. The toll-free number, in case you ever do need it, is 1-866-464-1800. There'll be an interested, caring, and friendly voice at the other end of the line when you call Prime Pacific Capital. I know it's not every day you need advice on consolidating credit cards or getting a home loan or getting a lower interest rate. But when you do need help, that's no time to take chances. Call 1-866-464-1800 or visit www.talkstarradio.com. Call 1-866-464-1800 and introduce yourself to your friend in the money business. But don't ask for free samples. I already tried that. (laughs) It doesn't work. Call 1-866-464-1800.
1: Douglas James Cottrell, who has been called Canada's Edgar Cayce, has just made available his latest CD, Douglas Cottrell 2012 Earth Changes, the first CD in the 2012 Prophecy Series. This session features information gathered from the Akashic Records in a deep trance meditation session by Douglas James Cottrell in March of 2009. In this session, Douglas explains changes that have taken place in the Earth's core, changes to the Earth's poles, and the real reason why the polar caps, Are melting. Douglas also elaborates on increased volcanic and earthquake activity between now and 2012, including what, where, and when. To order your copy of Douglas Cottrell 2012 Earth Changes, visit his website at douglasjamescottrell.com or call toll free 877 C O T T R E L. My name is Rob McConnell, and I would like to tell you about a very special lady that I have the pleasure of knowing, and that's Miss Sylvia Anthony. Sylvia Anthony believes the golden years are a time to gear up and get busy, not relax and take it easy. She has faced many hardships in her 84 years, but they have made her stronger and more determined. As founder and president of Sylvia's Haven, a shelter for women and their children near Boston, Sylvia has helped transform over 1,086 lives in the past 27 years, not only with housing, but also providing direction as to where they can go to develop the earning skills they want and need to live free from difficult domestic situations. Sylvia's Haven is everything to Sylvia Anthony, even calling it her magnificent obsession. Women who qualify for the program at Sylvia's Haven receive assistance via guidance counselors to find the appropriate job opportunity. Women and their children may remain at the housing for up to two years. At the end of this time or sooner, a woman who is successfully employed and has an apartment or home may leave Sylvia's Haven to begin a new and independent life. Now this is where you come in to help make Sylvia's dream into a reality. Sylvia's Dream is to have a Sylvia's Haven in every state to help as many women and their children as she can. And to help this dream come true, a crowdfunding site has been established which can be accessed at www.sylviasdream.org. Now that's www.sylviasdream.org. With your financial help and support, Sylvia Anthony will continue to help those in their time of need, not only in the Boston area, but with her dream of having a Sylvia's Haven in every state of the United States. Your help is needed to make Sylvia's Dream come true. Please visit and give at www.sylviasdream.org. Once again, www.sylviasdream.org. And remember, the only difference between a dream and reality is just doing it. We need your help to make Sylvia's dream come true. Visit www.sylviasdream.org. Once again, www.sylviasdream.org. For the X-Zone Radio TV show and the X-Chronicles newspaper, I am Rob McConnell. You're listening to the X Zone radio show live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network. Visit us online at wwwxzone radiocom Hi, this is Eric Rawls of Cosmoverse.com, and you're listening to Rob McConnell in the X Zone. Hi, this is
2: Blade Runner, and you are listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell.
3: Hi, I'm Laura Sabern of Feast to Fields Organic Vineyard in
0: Jordan, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell.
1: Hi, my name is Lady Ashley, the White Witch of Niagara-on-the-Lake,
2: and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal talk radio show, The
1: X-Zone, With Rob McConnell. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon on the Talkstar Radio Network. Bishop James Long is my very special guest this hour, and uh, Bishop Long's website is www.paranormalclergy.com. Bishop, you're the author of Through the Eyes of an Exorcist. Can you tell us a bit about your book and why you chose to write it?
3: Sure. Thank you for asking. I appreciate that. Um, Well, Through the Eyes of an Exorcist was written... Primarily to educate paranormal groups and and those people who are who may not be in the paranormal uh, about um, of course human spirits poltergeists elementals and of course uh, demonic entities I, I think it's very important for information to actually get out into the field of uh, not just book smart but also field experience I've read so many books were from from people who, who say that they're that that they're so experienced in, in demonology, but they only have the book smarts. And it was important for me to, to give, uh, express what I've actually experienced in the field as well. My passion is to educate people and, uh, or to help people, obviously, being in ministry. Uh, and so any, any way that I can do that, I, I, I strive, whether it be through lectures at conferences or uh, phone calls or visiting people or blessing homes, uh, whatever it takes to help people.
1: Um, how dangerous is it for a member of a paranormal group who has n- does not have the training or the experience that you have to try and exercise uh, a person or even bless a house where there's the possibility of demonic possession?
3: Rob, I want to thank you for asking that question. I really do. That's one of the biggest concerns that I have uh, as a demonologist, as an exorcist is looking at so many websites and and hearing so many groups going out uh, into fields uh, or to demonic cases, uh, performing these blessings that they think uh, that they can handle. And then, of course, I'm getting phone calls in the middle of night when, when now someone has gone under transient possession. This is very, very dangerous. And unless someone is properly trained, They should absolutely stay away from this. We're talking about this is a real ministry, but let's forget about all the theological arguments. Let's just look at the legal arguments for alone. There are so many legal issues in dealing with an exorcism that unless they're not properly trained, they should definitely stay away from. For example, restraining people. You can't restrain anyone without their permission. Now, that alone can get you into prison. But let's look at, let's say you're dealing with somebody who has a mental issue and not a, a possession, a real possession case. Well, the problem is, is if you have them sign a waiver and they have their schizophrenic, well, that's not going to help you in the court of law because they're not in the right state of mind. And the exorcist should have done the homework. Before I would ever perform an exorcism on anybody, there is extensive background check on this individual. There's a psychological evaluation that must be performed. There is a spiritual evaluation. There is a, um, a physical evaluation performed by a doctor. I have to speak to these doctors, and I would never perform an exorcism on someone, anyone. Without that information, um, this is something that is so dangerous that a person could literally expire during a possession. And I think people watch it on TV or they, they, they read it on uh, maybe in movies or, or or books or whatever, and they think it's fun. And living in an oppressed state for the rest of your life is not fun. And it's it. it, it it, you know, there's a lot of dangers that come with this, and I tell people, unless you're really prepared to live in a state of oppression for the rest of your life, stay away from it.
1: Bishop, you've performed 23 documented exorcisms. What would you say was the worst case that you did?
3: Diabolical. The, the 17th case, um, and I, I, I mean, I know it. I even it was a diabolical possession. Uh, she was a, a young girl, mm-hmm. and it was a it was a terrible. Terrible case of a true diabolical possession. Uh, when I was not the exorcist, I was the assistant. And, and, and the thing is, is, there's always an assistant for a variety of reasons. Uh, obviously, if the exorcist is attacked, uh, possessed, etc., or, or just physically attacked, heart attack, stroke, that exorcist has to be removed and, and the ritual continues. Um, uh, the worst case was definitely the, the, the diabolical. Uh, the thing is, is, she was becoming dehydrated. We gave her a little a little sip of water, and she became violently ill. And she sounded like she was choking. And I, as I was reaching down, trying to move her from neck from from choking on on what, what I thought was was vomit, her eyes she completely she closed her eyes and she opened, and there was nothing. It was solid black. It was it was a blackness where it almost looked like a mirror. And oh, I saw my reflection, and there was no whites. It was solid black. That that's full possession, and I, I couldn't stand. I couldn't move. I, I, every fear, every uh, it was it was a, one of the most horrific experiences I've ever had in my life. And thank God I had my mentor there to pull me to the side and offer the blessing. We he did, he did a ritual and we, we, we moved on. But at that at that point of time, if I had not had an exorcist there, I could have easily gone under possession. Uh, I, I think people need to be aware that possession does exist, no question. And it's rare, it, but it does exist. There's a difference between the minor rite of exorcism and the, the the solemn ritual. A minor rite of exorcism can be performed by the laity, which is a cleansing of the house, of human spirits, and even demonic, but I tell people to stay away from that. But a solemn ritual is performed on someone who is actually possessed. That should only be performed only by um an exorcist.
1: How do you know if someone is truly possessed versus someone who may be dealing with mental issues?
3: Great question. And the psychological evaluation will obviously help a great deal. Obviously I've been speaking to their psychiatrist and ruling out any possibility of any type of uh mental issues, that's number one. But people need to be uh, fully uh, aware that a person who is psychologically ill cannot recite the aramaic uh, in, uh, the our father in aramaic backwards uh... the person who uh, a person who is mentally ill cannot levitate a person who is mentally ill uh, is not able to tell you your deepest sins or your deepest secrets that you're, that you're the most embarrassed by uh, so mental mentally ill people are not capable of doing that but even more so once I step once the team has already done the investigation, and it's clear that we have a possession case. when I get involved in that case, there are things that I do even after we have all the reports i'd still do things that no one has any clue what i 'm doing. Nobody but the possessed will now usually, the person is not in what 's called transient it 's called transient possession they 're not in that state of possession. so my job as an exorcist is to enter into the home, do the seven steps. And what I'm doing is provoking the entity to manifest itself, and then you can perform the exorcism. And so, but there are things that I do that no one has any clue, but the possessed would, will know. And therefore, usually by the, by the you know, fourth or fifth step, the person is in transient possession. What
1: are the stages to possession, Bishop?
3: Well, infestation, oppression, possession. So infestation is the first stage, and that usually occurs by, again, uh, performing black magic, black mm-hmm. witchcraft, bacteria, curses, etc., um, or opening yourselves up by receiving something that, that unfortunately you shouldn't have, attachment, uh, uh, whatever that might have been, obviously an evil entity. Uh, and then infestation, uh, you know, you're, you're seeing things, you're hearing things, things are knocking. Um, the dogs are usually very spooked. They're usually very afraid. And then, of course, it goes into the state of oppression. Now, state of oppression. Again, there are levels of oppression. Again, you have sexual, you have physical, so you have um, psychological. At that level, at that level of a stage of oppression, you're, it's very crucial to, to get help because you're dealing with your intellect and will. In other words, it forces you to believe that you are schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. It forces you to believe that there's something wrong with you, and you begin to isolate yourself and it it continues to attack you to the point where you are you've doubted yourself to the level of you absolutely know that there's something wrong with you then it begins to tear down your will so it continues to attack you again on on a spiritual psychological on a sexual level to the point where you say i give up i can't fight anymore and that's when you have possession
1: what's the difference between a demonologist and an exorcist
3: great question i'm a demonologist is one who studies demonology But it needs to be understood that a demonologist, again, is a calling. That is a ministry. And if one is not called to serve in that type of ministry, they should really stay away from it. A demonologist is not the same thing as an exorcist. Those are completely two different things. An exorcist is the one who performs the solemn ritual of exorcism. Now, the demonologist does not. For example, my good friend John Zaffis. John is not an exorcist. John is a demonologist, and he's never performed an exorcism. He would never perform an exorcism because he's not an exorcist. An exorcist is one who is ordained, who is properly trained, who knows the law, who knows uh, what the ramifications of performing the exorcism, and then, of course, performs one if, if there's one that's required, um, of course, with, with the bishop, bishop's approval. So big difference between, between an exorcist and demonologist.
1: What do you take with you when you go to do an exorcism? Uh, do you bring holy water? Do you bring crucifixes, uh, prayer books? What, w- what would you bring?
3: Uh, I certainly bring the holy water. Uh, I have a rosary that was given to me by my mentor. I always uh, bring that. I also bring the uh, Eucharist. Now, it's very important that the Eucharist, it, you have to be very cautious. I celebrate the liturgy after, of course, an exorcism, uh, or even a blessing on a home. Uh, that way we, it's a cleansing of the home. It's important, however, that during the, during the solemn ritual of exorcism, that the Eucharist is not used as a tool because, uh, obviously, the demonic will, will desecrate uh, the Eucharist. So for Catholics, for, for, especially for old Catholics and, and Roman Catholics as well, the Eucharist is the true presence of Christ. And so we, we don't put, obviously, the Eucharist in a situation where it can be desecrated. But uh, there's also, of course, we have um, incense. And there, there, there are other things that I use as well that... Um, Uh, As an exorcist, uh, uh, we can't really get into a whole lot of stuff, but sacred chrism, uh, among other things.
1: Why does holy water work during an exorcism? Isn't holy water just water-blessed?
3: Sure. It's invoking the Holy Spirit, obviously, to... If you think about this, if you think about an evil... Or a negative energy, uh, obviously coming in contact with a positive energy, and that's why I tell people all the time uh, to be careful about spraying holy water uh, on perhaps maybe a case that, or a home that might be demonically infested, because the problem is you're going to get a reaction, a positive and negative, you're going to get a reaction. There was, for example, there was a case in which a paranormal group uh, claimed to have an exorcist on their team, and the, the wife said that her husband was going into transient in and out of transient possession, and they. Told her to put a Bible as well as holy water uh, under his bed well, that's the worst thing you can do because those things are actually going to provoke the entity to manifest itself the person is going to go into possession and that, in fact that's, that's exactly what did happen and I was called out in that case and, and we got involved but any type of holy object it doesn't necessarily have to be holy water any type of holy object that comes in contact with an unholy entity, it's going to be a reaction. And, again, I think it needs to, I need to stress that I am one of the most open-minded people uh, that, that you will see and that you will ever meet, because, uh, again, I have friends who are Wiccans and Pagans, and, and many of, of those folks have objects as well that they consider very holy, and I respect that. Um, and so a holy object that you have faith in that combats evil is what you use.
1: Bishop, uh, what are your thoughts about people... Um who, uh, who who just want to get into this for the sake of something to do? You know why why is there the why is there the fascination with some people in today's society to want to challenge the demons?
3: You know, um, uh, Rob, I tell you, I, <laughs> that, that, that's that's the, that's a million dollar question that I, I ask myself when when I find out that groups are are going to cases in which they have no business going into. I don't know if it's because I, and I don't want to blame it on the media, because the media gets such a bad rep. Uh, the media is entertainment. But I, exactly. I, think, I, I think people, um, it, it is, it is the, I guess the mystique of it, uh, and uh, it's, it, I, don't, I don't know why. Uh, that's why I'm out there telling people that unless they're called to this, uh, they really, really should stay away. Because, honestly, Rob, the, the, the state of oppression that a demonologist and most certainly an exorcist live through on a mm-hmm. daily basis is overwhelming. And um, I, that's my message for people. That the, I always tell people, never act with a doubtful conscience. You may allow an evil to occur. It means simple this. If you're a paranormal group and you believe that there's a demonic case, someone says there's a demonic uh, in my home, I need help. If you go into that case and you're going in and you think, oh, you know what, this could be real, well, then don't go in. Because if you do, you can allow an evil to occur, which is demonic could attack you or could increase and hurt the family.
1: Bishop, please stand by. We have to take our final break. Exxon Nation, Bishop James Long is our special guest. His website is www.paranormalclergy.com. That's www.paranormalclergy.com. The good Bishop and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exon continues live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, right here on the Talk Star Radio Network. Once again, for more information on Bishop Jeffrey Long, his website is www.paranormalclergy.com. That's www.paranormalclergy.com. Whether you're a believer or a skeptic, the x Apple iPod is just the tool when investigating the world of the paranormal, the science of parapsychology, watching or listening to your favorite episode of the x or just surfing the net. Just imagine music that looks as good as it sounds. Touch your movies, photos, and more. Internet in your pocket. Play games like never before. Push email, push calendar, push contacts for iPod Touch. Your Xone iPod will be shipped to you in its Apple packaging and include everything that you will need to start enjoying an iPod adventure that is truly out of this world and covered by Apple's warranty. As a very special introductory offer, the 8GB Xone Apple iPod can be yours for the incredible price of $275. That's right, $275. To order your Xone Apple iPod, go to www www.exzoneipod.com That's Or Order your Exxon Apple iPod today. Are you getting tired of all the bad news? Well then take a break from the worries of the world and play the love game. It's time to focus on what is really important in our lives, our relationships. You deserve more love, happiness and harmony in your life. Synchro Hearts is the new hot relationship game that guarantees more love, laughter and romance for you and your partner. It's not a sex game, it's a love game based on all the important relationship stuff like better communication, more intimacy and lots of fun and excitement. Great intimacy is just one of the benefits of playing Synchro Hearts. Now President Obama inspires hope, love and peace for the world. Synchro Hearts offers more hope, love and harmony for relationships. To order your very own edition of Synchro Hearts, visit Synchro Hearts' website now at www.synchrohearts.com. That's www.synchrohearts.com. Synchro Hearts, it's the game you love to play and play to love. Bishop Long is our special guest, www.paranormalclergy.com. That's www.paranormalclergy.com. Bishop, how can someone tell if a loved one of theirs is possessed?
3: Of course, there's, you know, and, and, and that's a great question. And one thing that need, needs to be understood is that a lot of these things that you can see can actually be other issues as well. Mm-hmm. But, of course, uh, when a person's personality completely changes, uh, when they become uh, violently ill or uh, act out in an abusive way, when religious uh, prayers are, are cited, when religious objects are brought forth to them, uh, of course, they will become. They will again go into transient possession. Uh, there are things where catatonic state. Well, I don't want to get into a whole lot of state here, a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of information. But there are there are signs um, that a person will do. Like for example, a person who's possessed will look as if they're in a catatonic state. But that can also be a neurological issue. Mm-hmm. And so there are things you you continue to do to determine whether or not. Obviously, if you're dealing with a person who's uh, under possession. But the person becomes isolated. The person has nothing, wanting nothing to do with you. Uh, The the person, uh, there are many times in which the person will lose uh, their bowels. Uh, because again, that's destroying the intellect and will, and that's that's it's important to, to it's important to remember that demonic will manipulate the body, the muscles, etc., and anything that it can do to obviously cause uh, stress upon the body upon a person, uh, then it will do it. And so there's a, a variety of a variety of things that a person w- will do to make the alarm. I mean, if the person is, if your loved one is obviously becoming isolative, when nothing to do with the family, uh, is becoming, you know, sick into the stomach, or or become violent during religious prayers, obviously that that could be, that could be an issue.
1: What kind of, uh, what special projects are you working on now, Bishop?
3: So, you know, we are so busy with, with blessing homes um, and, and talking to people on a spiritual level and, and just helping people. You know, we never charge for our services. Uh, this is something that I'll never, ever charge, ever, uh, for a, an exorcism, certainly an exorcism, or even a blessing. And I can't. Uh, the, the moment that I begin to charge is the moment that my pride can get in the way and then my intentions become unpure. But I look at it as, as, as a value, as a dollar, instead of actually helping the person who's, who's truly needing help. You know, and so I'm so busy. I'm, I'm just swamped with, with helping so many people who just need blessings and, and, and just, I guess, uh, counseling, spiritual counseling. Uh, there's a lot of other things that we're looking at of course I'm looking into uh, writing another book I've had so many people ask me can you please write about the cases Uh, and obviously I I I was debating on it but I I think I will but obviously we're going to be very generic as far as the name Mm -hmm. certainly uh, for respect of the victims but I think for the people to actually see what an exorcist endures and the cases that uh, he or she may endure I think people should be, be aware of it and I think I should educate people so there's a book that uh, through the eyes of Texas. Two case files. I'm looking into to, uh, to uh, starting that.
1: Bishop, we have to say so long for tonight, but I do want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been a great hour, and uh, a continued success to you. And um, may you go with God and go with peace.
3: Thanks, my friend. I appreciate for the invite. Take care, Bishop.
1: Bishop Jeffrey uh, James Long has been our guest this hour www.paranormalclergy.com That's www.paranormalclergy.com When I come back from the news at the top of the hour at six and a half minutes past J. Allen Danilek joins me We're going to be talking about UFOs and aliens right
3: here on Talkstar Don't go away